Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware. Every great magic trick consists of three acts. The first act is called The Riley and Kimmy Show. The Riley and Kimmy Show. And welcome to this Flashback Friday episode. If you're keeping track and flipping the calendar over, it is a June 9th, a Friday. Right next to me is a person who's quite happy. It is Friday. Jimmy, I got one thing. Hello, everybody. Hello, everybody. Everybody, 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 everybody. Hi there. I am your host, Patrick Riley. That is what I do. I go insane, and Kimmy's about ready to go insane because I think it, it's because it's a weekend, right? Just, well, it's not quite. It, it's Friday. That's close enough, right? Mm-hmm. And so you're getting a little crazy, right? Oh, yeah. In a good way, correct? Mm-hmm. Now, the Riley and Kimmy show is about to take it to the streets. Matter of fact, we're going to be taking it to the streets in this month of June. And matter of fact, for the rest of the year. Join us coming up on Sunday, June 25th. And that will be in Orlando at the Holiday Inn at Alafaya Trail for the Orlando Toy and Comic Con summer fan event this is going to be a really fun intimate time to uh spend time and meet tony s daniel if you've never met this artist it's a fantastic opportunity and if you're a big fan or you know somebody is of rick and morty the writer and artist of rick and morty will be there that is kyle starks he'll be on hand signing that's 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 right he'll be signing. might even be sketching too he does these beautiful watercolors Uh, Both will be signing for sure, so bring your favorite books or get ready to meet them. That is at the Holiday Inn on Alafaya Trail in Orlando, Sunday, June 25th. Plenty of collectibles will be there too, Kimmy. Mm Mm-hmm. I can't wait, can you? Me neither. This will be a fun event. Yeah. And a big thank you going out to Mike Priest of the Orlando Toy and Comic-Con for inviting the Riley and Kimmy show to this nerd event. And just stop on by and say hello to us because we will be recording an episode that day. Feel free to talk nerd with us, right? Yeah. And show up in your favorite costume, too, just to show your nerd support of, uh, you know, like Tony S. Daniel, maybe some DC stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think you'd love that. And even if you, you want to wear Marvel, that's okay, too, right? Yeah. And Rick and Morty, if you got Rick and Morty stuff, come on out, bring it, get it signed, and, and just have a good time. So if you know somebody who loves either artist or both, please share it with them. This is all happening at the Holiday Inn on North Alafaya Trail in Orlando, Florida. That is June 25th. You can find out more by going right to the Orlando Toy and Comic Con's Facebook page. We have links to that right on our website. And while you're at our website, be sure to check out our social media pages. Like the Riley and Kimmy show. You can really help us grow by doing that and sharing it with your friends. Tell them you found a place that offers nerd talk Every single day, nerd variety talk. That's the Riley and Kimmy show. Also on our website, we have all the archived episodes. All of them are right there. 
We also have celebrity interviews, videos, nerd news, links, and so much more. What's the web address, Kimmy? RileyandKimmy.com It is a Friday, Kimmy, June 9th. Are you able and willing to play nerd and pop culture geek trivia? Mm-hmm. It is a flashback Friday, and I guarantee we will be going back in time right after nerd trivia here. We will be honoring something for Flashback Friday. The timeline has been adjusted. It's a little bit out of uh, whack, meaning it's not in linear or chronological order. Feel free to shout out answers to Kimmy. Give her some help. We believe in time travel answers, so yell at whatever listening device you have the Riley and Kimmy show on. Maybe it is a smartphone. Maybe it's a laptop, a desktop, or tablet. The Riley and Kimmy show is mobile and global. You can take us anywhere on planet Earth. Here we go, Kimmy. The very first question we have is music-related. Not going to ask you the name or even who recorded this number one hit. It's from 19-something, Kimmy. That is going to be the question. This song hits number one on this date. Well, I saw the thing coming out of the sky. It had a one long horn, one big eye. Like a mister shaking in the city. It looks like a purple people eater to me. It was a one-eyed, one-horned, flying purple people eater. One-eyed, one-horned, flying purple people eater. A one-eyed, one-horned, flying purple people eater. Sure looks strange to me. Purple People Eater by Sheb Wooley hits number one on this date. Kimmy, was this in the 1940s, 1950s, 1960s, or 1970s? 1950s? That's correct. 1958. Do you have that on vinyl, cassette, MP3, something? No. Did you ever have that? Nope. Did you ever sing it? Nope. You never wanted it as a child? Nope. It was kind of a kid's record. Eventually it would become. No? Nope. Okay. Thought you'd probably have that, My Dingling, all those kind of songs. Nope. They used to market them as kid songs, remember? Mm. Yeah, they did for a while. It was on this date in 1802. The United States Academy at West Point was founded. It was on this date in 1860. The first U.S. dime novel was published. Those became big, especially in the Western era. They would do a lot of stories. Of, well, they became inflated stories of you know gunfighters and things like that. And legends came out of those dime novels that have sometimes very little accurate history to them. It's on this date. Brinks unveils the first armored security van slash truck. Kimmy. What decade does this happen? Is it the 1920s, 1930s, 1940s, or 1950s? 1930s? It is. The 20s. It was 1923. I'd love to have one of those beasts. You know, the uh, show Ironsides, he had, well, he had more of a paddy wagon, but I'd still like to even have one of those. Remember mm-hmm. that? Mm-hmm. Or, or even one of those old armored trucks. I think it'd be kind of cool. Yeah. Probably be quite expensive to drive. I bet it eats a lot of gas. Mm-hmm. Donald Duck made his debut in the Silly Symphonies cartoon, The Wise Little Hen. What year did Donald Duck make his debut, Kimmy, within five years? 1951? 1934 is when Donald Duck made his debut. The year is 1958. This recording artist took out a full-page ad in Billboard magazine to explain about his second divorce and his third marriage to his 14-year-old cousin Myra. Who is it? Jerry Lee Lewis. That's right, Jerry Lee Lewis, 1958. It was on this date, 1969. This individual 
was informed that he was being kicked out of a band that he actually formed, Kimmy. Two people of the band told him he is out. Now, my question for you is, what was the name of the band? When I tell you the name of the person, I think you'll be able to tell me the name of the band. Now, the official reason he was kicked out was because he was unable to get a work permit in the United States because of drug convictions. But some state that the lead singer was trying to make a power grab and use that to finally get rid of this person. The person's name is Brian Jones. What's the name of the band? The Rolling Stones. Yes. Can you tell me what two members of the Rolling Stones kicked him to the curb? Uh, Mick and Keith. That's correct. They they bounced him. That was 1969. It was on this date in 1977, George and Patty Harrison divorced. It was on this date in 1978, this band released the album Some Girls. Who is it? The Rolling Stones? That's correct, Kimmy. It was on this date in 1989, this person releases this song. Tell me who the recording artist is. Kimmy, tell me who the recording artist is. Prince. That's right. With what song? Can you tell me the name of the song? No. It's something Adam West did on the Batman TV show. It's close enough. It's called the Bat Dance. Yeah, I'll take okay. that. Bat Dance is it. He did the Bat Tusi, which is the exact term. I didn't think she'd actually say that. I thought she'd say Bat Dance. But you're right. That's 1989 Prince with the song Bat Dance. It's on this date, Kimmy. Give me the year within two years, Richard Pryor was severely burned from a free base mixture that exploded. Can you tell me what year? 1980. You got it exactly right. It was on this date, 1984. Donald Duck's 50th birthday is celebrated at Disneyland. Moving over to celebrity and notable birthdays. Robert Cummings, also known as Bob Cummings, born on this date, 1910, died 1990 at the age of 80. He was an American film and television actor. The Bob Cummings Show, which you may have seen in syndication. Some retro channels have ran it over the years. It ran from 1955 to 1959. He portrayed Bob Collins, and Ann B. Davis became famous on that show. Matter of fact, she would be the inspiration for Stan Lee, and it's no joke, for the original Pepper Potts because of that TV show and her interaction with Bob, the Bob Cummings Show. He was also on The Twilight Zone, an episode called King Nine Will Not Return. That was in 1960. And he was Captain James Embry in Saboteur, a movie I say, really, check this one out. It's from 1942. It's a spy thriller directed by Alfred Hitchcock. Moving over to somebody else. Can we see if you can identify this because you are a music nut. You are an audiophile. He was born in 1915, died 2009 at the age of 94. Musician songwriter, but he is known for being one of the pioneers of the electric guitar. And he did all kinds of things like backward recordings and echo, and he set the standards for really the rock era and beyond. Do you know who he is by chance? Jimi Hendrix? No, it's way before Hendrix. It's Les Paul. Here's a sample of Les Paul's guitar work from 1953, Billboard hit number 25, here's Kangaroo.
was Les Paul with The Kangaroo from 1953, number 25 hit off Billboard. I suggest checking him out. He has a lot of groovy guitar work. Uh, just a ton of recordings, too, from the 40s, 50s. I mean, just, just tons, tons available. Next person, Kimmy, actor, having a birthday. Tell me how old he is once you identify him. He's known for playing Marty McFly in the Back to the Future trilogy. And he played Alex P. Keaton on Family Ties. Michael J. Fox. That's right. How old is Michael J. Fox today within five years? 56. You Wow. You got it exactly right. Oh. Did somebody yell that or just know that? I don't know. Next person, tell me. Tell me who it is with these clues. Easy clues. Easy question. Tell me how old he is within two years. Starred in Edward Scissorhands in 1990, Sleepy Hollow in 1999, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory in 2005, the fantasy film Alice in Wonderland in 2010. Who is it? Johnny Depp. Yes. How old is Johnny Depp today within two? 52. He is 54. So you get that one. Next person born on this date, 1964, died in 2009 at the age of 44. He was a pro basketball player in the NBA and a smooth jazz bass guitarist. It's Wayman Tisdale. His beautiful work is available. I suggest checking it out. Here's an example. Here's Can't Hide Love, a cover he did of the Earth, Wind, and Fire hit. I'd love the Earth, Wind, and Fire cover. One of the uh, one of the highlights of where I used to work a long time ago and working in the world of jazz and smooth jazz was having the opportunity to meet Wayman Tisdale. Moving over to somebody else having a birthday. Identify who it is, Kimmy, and how old she is today. It's an actress. She played Padme Amidala in Star Wars prequels, you know, the trilogy. Tell me who it is. Natalie Portman. That's right. How old is Natalie Portman today? Within five. Forty-four. Natalie Portman today is 36 years old. Now tell me the dancing movie where she kind of had a meltdown where she plays a a ballerina. Can you tell me the name of the movie? Black Swan. That's right, from 2010. I, I strongly urge you to check that one out. That is a very interesting film and I think very accurate in the world of dancing and performance too. The the stress, the what's on the line. I think it does uh, actually cover that quite well. I've talked to quite a few dancers on that one. And other stage performers, they go, yeah, there's a, a lot of accuracy in that one. You liked that movie, didn't you? Mm-hmm. Moving over to another section of trivia. I see dead people. It is Notable Deaths. Kimmy, you cannot miss this one or you will get yelled at by some people. It was on this date, 1870, he passed away. He's an English writer. He wrote David Copperfield, Oliver Twist. He also wrote A Christmas Carol, that is Scrooge. Can you tell me who it is? Charles Dickens. That's right, Charles Dickens. Died on this date, age 58 in 1870. Next person passed away, 1981, Kimmy, at the age of 63. Television game show host, perhaps best known for having hosted various versions of this game show. He did that between 1961 and 1981. Identify the game show and then tell me who the host was. 
And if you need an extra clue, we have one for you. Here it is. I have a feeling she knows what this thing is. I think I could play this for a thousand people, and maybe only a couple would know. Kimmy, what is the name of the game show? Password? How? How did you know this? How? Okay. Who was the host? Alan Ludden. Yes, Alan Ludden passed away on this date at the age of 63 in 1981. Now, he died in Los Angeles on this date in 1981, just days before his 18th wedding anniversary to whom? Betty White. That's correct. Would she remarry? No. No, she would not. She was quoted shortly after that. And matter of fact, again, a number of years later, you know, why marry the rest when you've had the best, mm. was her quote. Kimmy, you did a fantastic job on this Flashback Friday. We're going to go back in time and honor something that we talked about in the world of trivia. Radio So Riley and Kimmy show when we have that opportunity to go back in time to the golden age of radio, we take it. It's a flashback Friday and we're definitely going to do that for flashback Friday. We talked about Robert Cummings, also known as Bob Cummings, born on this date in 1910. We have two examples of his work. Now, some who are listening to this right now may have grown up watching him on the Bob Cummings show and that was lighthearted. But we have some very serious material here, some suspenseful, thrilling kind of material that he did. First one's called Want Ad from 1954, followed by Dead of the Night. That's from 1944. Both of these are back-to-back uninterrupted. They're safe for all ages to listen to. Little, little people can hear this one, no problems. Kicking it off with Want Ad, 1954, here's Robert Cummings on the Riley and Kimmy Show. <laughs> You see, a guy in my line works alone, more or less. <laughs> At least he should. But uh, when I first got into town, I met a little lady. And uh, after we'd known each other a couple of months, we got married. As a matter of fact, it worked out pretty well. Uh, every morning, she gets up ahead of me, fixes some eggs and coffee. <laughs> it's pretty nice, huh? The uh, little lady's name is Wilma. Baby... Oh, baby. Mm, you're with the funnies? Uh, uh-huh. Do you have to work today? Mm, afraid so. Oh, I was hoping we could spend a quiet day together here. You know, sort of lie around, look at the paper and everything. <laughs> baby, you know I'd like that. But I have to do other things. Leave me all alone to spend the day by myself. I've got a new dress. I could wear it. Fine. Now I better get busy. Oh, you just never pay any attention. Well, all right. Baby. I think I'll go window shopping. I'll see you later. Yeah. Bye. Bye-bye. 
section three, pages ten to seventeen. Now then, uh, that's K I two eight nine eight. Hello, I'm uh, calling about an advertisement in this morning's paper. Do I have the right number? Yes, yes, I am. Uh, what uh, kind of coat is it? Uh, that, well, that sounds uh, like something I might be interested in seeing. Uh, let, let me get that down. All right. 1425, what? Yondota? How do you spell that? Yondota, yeah. Uh, in about an hour. Thank you. One for the money, two for the show, three to make ready, four to go, and five to make sure, and uh, six to blow, if I have to. How many women can go out and plunk down the kind of money it takes to walk out of a store with a mink coat? Huh? <laughs> not many. For my dough, not any. That means where there's a mink, you can bet there's a boyfriend or a husband around to pay for it. Yeah. And you can bet when the coat's got to go that he's already gone. The lady's got to eat. Get it? She's all alone. And she wants to sell her coat. How do you do? Yes? I'm uh, Mr. Vernon. I called about your advertisement in the paper this morning. Oh, yes, Mr. Vernon. You uh, haven't sold it yet. Uh, well, no, I, I haven't. Oh, that's good. Now, I don't want to do business with any dealer. I just don't want to be bothered with any dealers. Half a dozen have called me already. I hope you're not a dealer, Mr. Vernon. <laughs> do I look like a dealer? <laughs> well, I, I can't tell anymore. They're very clever people. I just want to sell the coat outright to somebody. Not on any contingency basis or anything like that. Just sell it outright. You know what I mean. Yes, I, I know what you mean. But I'll, uh, I'll have to see it before I can make an offer. Well, all right. Come in. Well, I, I'm Mrs. Phelps. Oh, how do you do? Uh, you have a very, very nice home here, Mrs. Phelps. Thank you. Have you lived here long? Uh, two years. Uh, would you like to step in here, please? Oh, yes, sure. Oh, dear, I've been plagued to death with all kinds of dealers. I don't know how, but some of them found my address without even calling the number I put in the paper. Why, do they do things like that? Oh, they sure do. Let me tell you, they certainly do. Well, there it is. Yes. That's uh, very, very nice. Very, very nice. It's silver mink. Yes. Oh, uh, say, could I ask you to put it on for me, Mrs. Phelps? It'd help me to see you're about my wife's size. Oh, sure. Well, you can see it's cut very full. 
The sleeves are very full, too, see? See, bat wing sleeves. And, and cuffs, too. Makes the coat very luxurious. Yes, a lot of coat there. Just a lot of coat, Mrs. Phelps. Well, I love it. I just love it. My husband bought it for me a year ago, and I hate to have to sell it, but, well, I need the money. Uh, you can see that it's hardly worn at all. Uh-huh. See? Here, look at the lining. It's, it's all intact. I don't think I wore this coat more than a dozen times. Uh, how much did it cost you retail, Mrs. Phelps? Well, Mr. Phelps paid $4,500 for it. These are the insurance papers. Now, you can see what they insured it for. Uh-huh. Now, I'll tell you right now, a friend has already offered me $2,800 for it. I wouldn't think of selling it for any way near that. I'd rather keep it. Um, would you uh, think of uh, selling it for 34 34 Yeah. Well, that's, uh, that's still pretty cheap. Well, I don't have to tell you that a, a coat's a year old, $600 depreciation. That's not bad. I could possibly get the same coat for 38 Well... I doubt if you'll get a better offer than 34, Mrs. Phelps. I'm, I'm willing to pay for it right now. Hmm. Well, I, I'll have to talk to my husband first. Is uh, he uh, here now? Well, he's not home right now, but he'll be here any minute. Uh, could you come back this afternoon? Or, or maybe you could I just... I came to buy the coat now. I'm, I'm leaving town this afternoon. I thought you were ready to sell. Well, I... <laughs> All right, Mr. Vernon, I'll take your offer. Good. But I, I don't know you at all. You understand you'd have to give me a certified check, or, or I'd have to keep the coat until your check cleared the bank. Well, I'll pay cash. I brought the cash with me. Oh. Anything wrong with that? Oh, no, no, Mr. Vernon. I, I just didn't expect to sell it so quickly. <laughs> I still have the box that came in. It's a perfectly lovely box. I'll give you that for nothing. Yes, I, I would like the box. <laughs> you know, Mr. Vernon, you, you are getting a bargain, a real bargain in this coat. I tell you, my husband and I looked almost two years before we found a mink that, well, just suited. You know what I mean? Now, you can buy any fur coat, a mink or a sable. I don't care what it is. Thirty days later, you hate the sight of it. But this one, your wife will never get tired of. Look, isn't this a pretty box? Yes. Yes, it is. Now, you tell your wife to be sure and keep it in a fur storage vault during the warm months. You have to take care of mink. Now, that's all there is to yes, it. Yes, I know. There's something like this you really got to take care of. Oh, my. I'm glad you came in the morning. I want to take the money to the bank right away. I'd hate to have to keep that much money around the house. I, I figured you would, Mrs. Phelps, so I won't bother giving you the money. What? Well, then you won't have to make a trip to the bank or worry about the money around the house. Oh, you mean you want to give me a personal check? I want to give you nothing. Well, you... You did come here to buy this coat. Don't you want it? Yeah. I want it, lady. Oh, you... You're, you're a thief. I sure am. Now, don't scream. Oh. Don't open your mouth. Oh, don't, don't hurt me. Please don't hurt me. Over there. Go on. Oh. <laughs> Worth $4,000. One year old. Real goodbye. <laughs> you should have seen your face when I told you I'd give you 3400 bucks for it. Oh. I'm a thief. <laughs> Anybody could buy that coat brand new for 2500 bucks. Well, it'll bring me about 1000 The shape's in right now. 
I'm a thief with a gun in my hand, taking what I want. Now, if you figure out what you'd be if you were counting my 3,400. <laughs> oh, you're quite a cute kidder, Mrs. Phelps. But then I'm used to people like you. Get in there. Oh, oh just don't take my coat, please. It's the only thing I have that's worth anything. Well, that's how simple it works. <laughs> I, I've been in the business for a little while now, and I know a few things about it. Of course, you've got to watch your step and be ready for anything that happens, like uh, today. Uh-oh. Liz? Liz, I've been trying... Oh, who are you? Oh, hi. Who are you? Well, I'm Frank Phelps. Who'd you say you were? Well, I didn't say... Besides, you wouldn't know me anyhow. Where's Liz? Hey, that's Liz. It is. That's Liz Colt. My gun. Why, you... What have you done to her? Hey, what's been going on here? Hang on to your hat, brother. You won't get hurt. She's okay. No cheap crook's going to come into my house and pull a stunt like this. I'll show you. Get down! Down! Stay down. Well, well. You people certainly have something to talk about over dinner tonight, won't you? <laughs> yeah. Something you can talk about, all right. Now, when the hard part's done, and it isn't usually as hard as it was today... The next part is to get hold of a fence who can use a mink coat. Pretty easy. I use Waller myself. He takes the paint out of everything. I don't go to him. Just a little old phone call, and he comes to me. Sorry. Huh? You blew it this time, boy. I don't want this thing. It's too hot. Keep it. What's the matter? You getting touchy? I'm not getting anything. I just don't want to do business with you anymore. No, sir. Hey, now, now, wait, wait a minute. Get your hands off of me, boy. Get your hands off of me. A smash makes you big time, huh? Is that it? A gun whip turns you into Class A stuff? <laughs> hands off of me, boy. The last time I'll ask. That's no, no sense in us arguing, Walter. I'm going to try very hard, but I don't think I'm going to like you anymore. You're a killer now. Huh? That guy Phelps died this afternoon. It's in all the papers. Well, he shouldn't have run at me. Is that what you're going to tell the cops when they drag you out of somewhere by the scruff of the neck? No cop's going to do that to me. They always grind off little punks like you, boy. You killed the guy. You beat him to death. You stole his wife's mink coat. There isn't any place they won't look for you, boy. And they know where to look for your kind. They won't stop till they find you. Eh, you're gone, boy. Just plain gone. Only you don't know it yet. So long. I know maybe a half a dozen fences in town... 
Only tried two of them after Waller. <laughs> Those fellows are kind of chicken about some things. <laughs> they get a laxing with a piece of merchandise and they all get scared. Of course, they're all afraid of something or other. Are you thinking, hon? Is that what you're doing, thinking? Yeah. Yeah, that's what I'm doing. About that man. Didn't he want the coat? No. Mm, such a pretty, pretty coat. Oh, oh, baby, I wish we had a fireplace. I wish we had a big, big fireplace and then we could sit in front of a fire on a rainy night like this and everything. That'd be nice, wouldn't it, baby? Yeah, it sure would. We could drink hot coffee, maybe. Listen to music. Make fudge. Huh? Uh-huh. You like my new thing? What? This. Isn't it pretty? Oh, yeah. Like a million. Like a whole million bucks. I liked it, so I bought it just like that. You hardly looked. I'll have to leave town. I have to get out of here. I have to go where they can't find me. Oh, baby. Oh, no. What's the matter? <laughs> Did I say something? You're going to leave me. You're going away. Oh, now, look, kid, look. I have to go. Don't you understand, Puddin'? I have to leave town. If I don't, they'll get me. They won't get you here. Just stay here with me. I have to go. I have to go. Take me with you. Huh? Let me go with you. We can have some real nice time some other place, the same as we did here. Well, I... Yeah, sure. I'll take you. Oh, baby. I'll take you. Oh, baby, you're so good to me. No, oh, no. Nah, nah. We haven't got time for that. We gotta get busy. We have to get a car first. Well, we haven't got any money. <laughs> Look. How did I get that coat? How did I get all those coats? But, Ralph, you can't do that anymore. That man who was here said they're looking for you. You can't do that anymore. They'll be waiting for you. He says I can't. I say I can. Don't you see how I use my head, baby? They're waiting for me, okay? They're waiting for a guy with a fur coat on his mind. But, baby, I'm now a guy with a car on his mind. Get it? Oh, baby, you're so smart. <laughs> Gee, you're so smart. <laughs> Well, sir, with little old Wilma wiggling around in my arms, I began to go over the new idea with myself. It was pretty good. The next day when the papers came out, I went right to work. Hey, baby, this is the one. Hey, this is the one. Which one is the one? This one, for sale. Like new, late model convertible private party. I just called. Oh, well, what was the matter with the others, baby? I told you, a man answered on the other calls. This time it was a woman who answered. Oh, it's the same thing. A woman trying to sell a car or a coat. She's alone. No one around. Makes it safer. Oh, I see. Do you like my new hat? Yeah, fine. It's a knockout, baby. Knockout. I wear it in the car. What kind of car do you say it is? Convertible. Big new convertible. Oh, we'll look swell going down the highway in a big convertible. Maybe we can put the top down. Yeah, we sure can. I told her we'd be right over to look at the car. You're coming with me. Yeah. It'll look better if you come with me. There won't be any trouble. I mean, the police are looking for you, aren't they? Baby, you let me worry about the police. There won't be any trouble at all. Just keep your new hat on. Come with me, baby. 
All right. I'll dress all up. It took her a little while, but I finally got her over there. It was a very nice-looking house. Just the kind of a place where they'd need a convertible to show off a little bit. My meat. (laughs) Wilma thought it was a very nice place, too. Hey, baby. Hmm? The gum. Oh, juicy fruit. You want some? Take out the gum, baby. Oh. And, um, I better do the talking, you know. I've been at this kind of thing for a long time now. Yeah, well, you know best. Do I look all right? Yes, well. Hello? Oh, hello. I'm the man about the car. Oh, yes. I'm Mr. Watson. This is Mrs. Watson. Oh, come in, please. Well, we'd uh, like to see the car if we could. We're in kind of a hurry. Well, the car's in the garage in the back. It's just easier to come through the house. Well, all right. This way. There's something funny about this. What? If she had a car for sale, she'd have it sitting in the driveway or out front. Not hidden in the garage. After the rain last night, I thought it best to keep it in the garage. I wanted it to look nice to show today. Ah, silly, come on. <laughs> I bet you two are newly married. Oh, no, we... Yeah, we, we've been married for some time now. <laughs> you just look like newlyweds somehow. <laughs> this way. Hello. Oh, hello. This is my husband, Mr. and Mrs. Watson. Oh, uh... Hello, Mr. Watson. How do you do, I'm sure. You seem familiar, Mr. Watson. Uh, have you lived here long? Uh, no, no, we're just passing through, as a matter of fact. Where are you staying? At the Alpine Hotel. How long did you say you've been in town? Uh, a week. What do you do for a living? Uh, I'm an electrician. Where did you say you were from? Uh, Cleveland. Uh, what part? Shaker Heights. Well, this must be quite different than Shaker Heights, Mrs. Watson. Oh, it is. It, it is. Isn't it? What do you think of the car? Uh, well, I haven't really had a chance to look at it yet. Well, there she is. Take a look. Yeah. That's a pretty nice car, all right. Well, what are you asking for it? Well, Blue Book's paying 32 for this model right now. Uh, cost you 38 on a lot. We'll compromise. 35? Well, that sounds pretty good. A little steep, though. Uh, how about 34? Can you get someone to carry the papers? Oh, I can pay for it myself. You brought cash? Well, no, but I I can go over to the bank and get it, if you'll give me an hour. No cash. (laughs) Well, you didn't expect me to walk in here with 3,400 on me, did you? After all, I I don't know you people from Adam. (laughs) No offense, but man, it'd be crazy to carry that much money around strangers. What bank? Huh? He asked you what bank you'd go to to get the money. Oh, uh, why, just any bank. I'll, uh, I'll draw a draft on myself. On my Cleveland account. You say you're an electrician, Mr. Watson. Uh, Yes. Is your name really Watson? What? Don't you usually look for fur coats? What? What's your real name? Huh? Your real name, what is it? Baby. Shut up. Let her talk. (laughs) Say, I I came over here to buy a car. What is this? There's the car. Buy it. (laughs) I'd like to try it out first. (laughs) Baby, will you shut up, will you? Please shut up. You have some identification? <laughs> identification? Uh, baby, will you shut up? Just shut up. What's the matter with your wife? <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't know. We thought you might be needing a car. Huh? I said we thought you might be needing a car to take a trip in. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. You know a man named Phelps? Frank Phelps? 
1425 West Yandota Street. Uh, well, I, I told you I'm new here. I, I don't know any talent at all. I, I don't know any Frank Phelps. Maybe. Frank Phelps was killed yesterday. A man went in his house, stole a mink coat from his wife, then used his gun on Frank Phelps when he came home unexpectedly. He beat him to death, Watson. He stood there and beat him to death. Well, I, I, I don't know any Frank Phelps. I think you do. No, I don't, I tell you. I, I don't. Do I, baby? No, honest, he doesn't. Neither do I. Mrs. Watson. Yes? You know we're police officers, don't you? Yes. I want to ask you one question. Yes? Why are you wearing Mrs. Phelps' mink coat? What? Well, I didn't think you'd mind. You never pay any attention to the things I wear. You just never pay any attention at all. Oh, baby. Baby? <laughs> huh? Let's go. tell you this in case you want to think something over later. Always work alone. Always. That's one little old rule I'm sticking to from now on. Yes, sir. Now, the next time it'll be different. But that don't make any difference either. Because there isn't going to be any next time. For me. since her folks died. Never before that summer when I got a job up at Lake Arrowhead. She was supposed to go with me, wait on tables or something. It was to be our vacation. But at the last minute, she decided to stay in L.A. She figured her boyfriend, Steve, might be coming home on a furlough. I should have known better. My sister was such a kid. But I let her talk me into it. And I left her there alone. That was the beginning of the whole thing. That's when she met him, Phil Armstrong. If I hadn't gone away that summer, I guess Phil would be alive today. All during the time that I was gone, Helen didn't write much, and what letters I did get didn't seem natural. So I was anxious to finish my job and get home. I expected her to be at the bus station, but she wasn't. And when I got to the apartment, I could hear someone moving inside. The door was locked, so I knocked. Helen? Who is it? It's me. Jimmy? Yeah, open the door. Oh, Jenny. Just a minute. Hi, honey. Since when have you taken the locking the door in the date? Helen, what did you do to yourself, your face? Were you in an accident? I, I fell, Jimmy. I fell and I hurt myself. Well, your eyes swollen shut. Let me look at it. Jimmy, I have something to tell you. So, what, what are these suitcases doing here? You and I are going away, Jimmy. We've got to get out of here. I, I, I packed everything. We're going no place till you tell me what this is all about. Well, Jimmy, while you were gone, I got married. Married? You mean Steve was here on his furlough? No, Jimmy. Not to Steve. Not... But you were engaged to him. Yes, I know. I got a letter from him right after you left. He married someone he met where he was stationed. 
Oh, Helen. Gee, I... I was pretty upset, Jimmy, and, and that's when I met Phil Armstrong. Oh, but gee, I think you might have... I don't even know the guy. No, neither did I. I was unhappy. Well, you just don't go off and marry someone you don't know. Well, that's what I did, Jimmy. Now we've got to get out of here. Huh? Well, but why? Because there's been trouble. What kind of trouble? I'm afraid, Jimmy. It's terrible. He, he takes something. I don't know what. But sometimes he's... He's crazy. Helen. Yes? Your face. You didn't fall. No. He did that. I'll... I'll kill him. He'll kill you. That's what I mean. That's what we've got to get away. Well, you can get a divorce, can't you? He threatened me if I even tried to get one. We'll put him under a peace bond. We'll... Well, what good would a peace bond be, Jimmy, if he killed one of us? So I let her talk me into running away. I guess I shouldn't have, but I knew that if I saw him after what he'd done to her... Well, anyhow, I'd saved my salary and I had some gas coupons. We didn't know where we were going, but we started out. I don't know what he'll do when he finds I've gone. Helen, don't you think we ought to go to the police? Oh, I'm afraid, Jimmy. I know him. I know what he'd do if he found out we'd reported him. But they'd protect us, Helen. They'd protect us. But what if he got to us before they got to him? And she looked so frightened, I thought it best to let her do it her way. We got to Santa Monica that night, and we stopped at a motel near the water. Well, a week slipped by, and Helen seemed to be forgetting. She didn't jump every time someone knocked at the door, and she began to get a nice tan. I managed to get a job. It was at McGuffey's Potluck Gallery at one of the shooting concessions on the pier. Then one night late, as I came home from work, I heard voices coming from our apartment. I knew who it was, and I knew that from what Helen had told me, it would be foolish for me to go in unarmed. So I ran back to the shooting concession. It didn't take long, but when I got back, the lights were out, and the sound of voices was gone. I tried the door. It was very dark. And then I, my foot struck something soft and heavy on the floor. I snapped on the switch, and the room was flooded with light. And I looked down into a dead man's face. How in the biggest, the most important, the most terrifying moments of your whole life, you remember little tiny insignificant things. I remember that I set my alarm. It was to go off at five o'clock. I'd set it to wake me up that afternoon. And a bird started to chatter outside as I stood there shivering with cold and terror, looking down at that dead man's face. Although I'd never seen him alive, I knew this was Phil, her husband. There was a deep gash over his eye, and the blood still flowed from it onto the floor. I stepped over him, and I ran into the bedroom. Helen! Helen! But there was no one in the bedroom, nor in the kitchen. And then I heard the front door open. Jimmy! Close that door, Helen. Oh, Jimmy! Close it, do you hear me? Be quiet. Turn the lights out. Be quiet, I tell you. Oh, Jimmy, what have I let you in for? Stay where you are. Don't move, Helen. Who is it? I don't know. Keep quiet. Jimmy! Oh, 
Sherry, it's Mrs. Gordon. She's going to unlock the door. Oh, uh, just a minute, Mrs. Gordon. I'm, I'll get something on. Uh, just some friends of mine, Mrs. Gordon. They were they were having a party. Uh, they're they're gone now. Jimmy Barton, you should be ashamed of yourself. Now open this door. I want to talk to you. Well, I, I'm not dressed. I, I was uh, taking a shower. Well, slip something on. Well, I, I'm tired. I, I I just was going to bed. Jimmy, I told you I wanted to talk to you. Now will you open this door? She has a pass key, Jimmy. All right, all right, Mrs. Gordon. Uh, just let me get some clothes on. I'll give you two minutes. I didn't know what to do. I knew she was determined to come in. Mrs. Gordon was a nosy old woman. She meant well. She'd taken it upon herself to mother Helen and me. She was always coming into the apartment with her pots of jam and her bowls of soup. I knew no matter what I said, nothing would stop her. What do we do, Jimmy? We got about a minute left. Helen, take him by the feet. Oh, no. Helen, take him by the feet. It's no use. It's no use. We started half dragging, half carrying him towards the bedroom. The rugs slipping along the floor as we moved. We, we'd just gotten into the bedroom, and then... Time's up, Jimmy. And as long as your good mother isn't here to look after you, I'm going to myself. We can't leave him here. She might come into the bedroom. Quick, the bathroom. Jimmy, where are you? What if she comes in here? Pull back those shower curtains. Oh, Jimmy, we can't. Don't argue. Pull them back. Jimmy, I, I, I can't get his legs in. Shh. Here, I'll, I'll double them up. There. Pull the curtains together, quick. Jimmy, what's been going on in here? Why, look at my rugs. Has there been a fire? Uh, Just a minute, Mrs. Gordon. Jimmy, what's on this floor and on this gas heater? Is this floor? Jimmy, Jimmy. Get me a razor out of the medicine chest. What are you going to do? Never mind. You stay here. I'm coming, Mrs. Gordon. I suspected. You've been frightened. And you've hurt yourself. Now let me see your hand. Oh, it, it isn't bad, Mrs. Gordon. Oh, no wonder you didn't want me to come in. Where's Helen? Uh, she, she's out. Uh, she, she hasn't been here all evening. Well, let's look at that hand. Oh, it isn't bad, Mrs. Gordon, really. You let me see that hand. Oh, there. Why, Jimmy, this is a bad gash. Have you disinfected it? Yes, yes, I have. Well, let me bandage it for well, you. Well, this, this towel's all right. It's not all right. Where are your bandages and things? In the bathroom? No, no. I, I mean, I, I don't have any. Now, you're just saying that, Jimmy Barton, because you don't want to be bandaged. You're not fooling me. I'm going right to the bathroom and get No, some... not the bath... I mean, I, mean, I don't, don't have any. Well, I'll just see for myself. No, no, Mrs. Gordon. Jimmy, why, you drip blood all over this floor. Here, let's look in this medicine closet. Uh-huh. There, I knew it. Here's some tape and some gauze, too. Mrs. Gordon, can't, can't we j just do this in the living room? Uh, no, we'll do it right here. Now, here's some alcohol. Come on, put your hand over here. We, we stood there, and she bandaged me, and I kept wondering where Helen had gone. And then I saw the shower curtain move slightly, and I knew. For a moment, I thought Mrs. Gordon had seen it, too. Jimmy, just look at that shower curtain. Yes. Goodness, you smeared that with blood, too. Well, I'd better clean things up for you before Helen gets home. Why, you'll scare the life out of well, her. I'll clean it up, Mrs. Gordon. You've done enough. Thanks very much for taking care of this hand. Well, all right. If you don't want me to. Now, you'd better get some sleep. I'll see you in the morning. Good night, Jimmy. <laughs> Good night, Mrs. Gordon. 
Oh, Jimmy. I had to hide something. It was terrible. I, I know it was the only thing you could do. Jimmy! Yes? Jimmy, I forgot to tell you that I'm having some painting done tomorrow. So you'll have to be out of here early. Tom's not getting painted these days without making him wait for the tennis to get up, you know. Yeah, uh, all right, Mrs. Gordon. I'll, I'll be out first thing in the morning. Mm-hmm. Well, good night. Good night. Now we'll have to get him out of here. Yeah. Where will we take him? I don't know. I've got to think. Here, Helen, you try and get some rest. Jimmy, let me go to the police. Let me tell them that... that... I did it. Let me tell them what he was. They won't do anything to me. No, no. You try and rest. What time is it? About six. Six. We've got two hours before the painters get here. What are we going to do, Jimmy? Let's see. There's a car. No one will see us if we take him through the service porch into the garage. And what? I don't know, but that'll get him out of here anyway. I think I can do it alone, Helen. Listen, Jimmy, we're in this mess because of me. I'm going to help you. I'll be ready in a minute. When I went into the bathroom, the shower curtains were standing open. His legs had slipped from their cramped position and they'd pushed themselves into the room. He sat there with his head twisted down and his chin digging into his chest. I took a washcloth and I... It was awful. I wiped the blood off his face, just in case anyone saw us. They might think he was just sick. I tried to lift him, but I slipped. And his head made a hollow sound as it thumped down on the shower floor. Helen, help me get him into the luggage compartment of the car. Where are we going, Jimmy? Helen, won't you please stay in the apartment, please? No, no, I couldn't. I'm going with you. Helen, haven't you done enough? I'm going with you. Too late now to wish that I hadn't... Where we go? To the pier, to the Santa Monica Pier. Beyond the concessions, you can drive a car on the end there. Lucky it's so foggy. Yeah. What time is it? Uh, five of seven. We'll have to act fast. This fog will be clearing soon. It'll be harder to get him out of this car. Now... You stay here. I can manage this alone this time. Oh, I'll help you, Jimmy. You stay here. Do you hear me? All right, call me if you need me. I'll go around the back. Keep your eyes open. Yeah. Jimmy. What? Someone's coming. Who is it? I can't see. Jimmy, it's a policeman. What? It's a policeman. Jimmy. Oh, it's all right. I know him. It's Red Davis. He's the beach patrolman. Well, uh, uh, hello, Red. When do you get your sleep? Didn't you close up after that swing ship dance last night? <laughs> yeah, Red, but I couldn't seem to remember if I'd locked up the old shooting gallery, so I came over this morning to have a look around. <laughs> I see. Oh, I'm sorry. This is my sister. Red, this is... Helen, this is Red Davis. How do you do? Hello. So you're an early riser, too, huh? Yes, I... Well, the fog's clearing up. It looks like we're going to get some sun today for a change, huh? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, I guess I'll be getting back. I think I'll try and catch a few more hours sleep. Well, so long. Yeah, so long. Oh, oh, say, say, Jimmy. Yeah? 
Say, Jimmy, uh, I have to take my wife over to the nursery today to pick up some plants and stuff, you know. And I, I don't have a trunk on my car. I wonder if you'd let me have yours. Oh, I, uh, well, you have I... to drive me over to Malibu this afternoon, Jimmy. Yeah, yeah, I'd for- forgotten. I'd well, better... you can drive her over in my car. How's that? Well, you see... <laughs> that brother of yours thinks how wrecked that beautiful car is. <laughs> oh, it isn't that, Red. <laughs> okay, then I'll be over about noon and I'll leave my car for you till I get back. Huh? Well, well, I won't be home at noon, Red. I'm... All right, I'll meet you at the entrance to the pier. How's that? Oh, all right, Red. Well, so long. Yeah, so long. I just say you'd meet him, Jimmy. Well, if I didn't, he'll go over to the apartment looking for us. And you don't want any policemen over there, do you? Oh, oh no, no, of course not. We've got to get out of here fast. As we drove along the ocean, the fog cleared up rapidly. It was almost eight o'clock, and some kids were already out on the beach playing around. Then I saw a group of early picnickers. They were unloading their blankets, umbrellas, and things. I guess it was from them I got the idea, from seeing them. Jimmy, your gas is pretty near on empty. Yeah. You got any more coupons? No, they're all used up. We're going to have to do something soon. I know, Jimmy. We can't go back to the motel with the painters there. And we can't leave him in the car. Red's liable to see us and pin us down to using it. There's only one place left. Where, Jimmy? Helen, listen. I'm going to let you out of this car. Oh. You can't help me with what I've got to do now. No, Jimmy, I'm staying Don't here. argue, Helen. I'm not leaving you, Jimmy. Get out of this car, do you hear me? No. I haven't time Jimmy. to argue with you. Please. Now, get I, out. I won't do it, Jimmy. Yes, I... you will if I have to push you out. Jimmy, you're hurting me. There. Now, go back to the motel. Get off that running board, Helen. I can't leave you alone, Jimmy. I want to help you. I'm not blaming you for killing him, Helen, but now you've got to help me do as I say. What, Jimmy, what? I don't blame you for what you did. He deserved it. But now you've got to help me handle things. Jimmy, you've got to let me... Goodbye, no. Helen. Jimmy! Oh, Jimmy, don't leave me! Jimmy! I watched her out of the mirror. She kept calling me. I drove on as fast as I could. I knew what I had to do when I was one chance in a million. But I had to take it. And I didn't want her to be part of it. If I could keep him on the beach that whole day, then maybe I'd be able to get rid of him when night fell. I wanted to drive further along, but I was afraid I'd run out of gas. So, I settled for a deserted strip of beach not far from the motel. I had my swimming shorts and a blanket and a towel in the car. And I got out. I looked around carefully. And then I opened the luggage compartment. It was the hardest thing I've ever done in my life. But I... I started taking his clothes off. I managed to get my shorts onto him. Lucky we were pretty near the same size. And then I... Then I closed the door. And I went out onto the beach and I spread my blanket out on the sand. And then I went back... Went back for him. When there were no cars in sight, I, I carried him over to where I'd spread my blanket. And I placed him onto it face down with his hands folded over his head as though he were just sunbathing. Then I... I spread my towel out a short distance from him, and I, I laid down on it, and I, I tried to look relaxed. People didn't start to arrive until about, about an hour later, and gradually, little groups of sunbathers started to form. He and I, we looked no different from the others. No one paid any attention to us. I was beginning to feel that everything was going to be easy once it was dark again, but... What? I... Oh, hello, Mrs. Gordon. Where's Helen? Isn't she in the apartment? No. 
What time did you go out this morning? Well, I, I couldn't sleep. Well, and... Didn't Helen come in at all last night? Well, yes, yes, she did, but she she left early, too. Said she was going into Los Angeles. Oh, my. I was so worried about her. Well, the painters came, Jimmy, and everything's a mess. I think I'll sit down here with you a while. Well, you're not with anyone, are you? No. No, I'm not. Goodness, I wish I'd brought along some oil. Looks like it's going to be a hot day. <laughs> you know, these days that start off foggy are very deceiving. Yeah. Yeah, they, they are. <laughs> this is a real treat for me, Jimmy. I never get out on the beach. I think I'll have a nice day of rest for change. Later we can get some sandwiches. <laughs> the treat's on me. Well, uh, Mrs. Gordon, no, <laughs> I hadn't planned on spending the day at the beach. Oh, it'll be good for you, Jimmy. Not healthy for a boy your age to be working all night and sleeping all day. But, Mrs. Gordon, you see, I... Jimmy, do you know that man over there? Which one? Why, that one right there. What? No, I, I, I don't know him. Well, he's lying so still. His back's going to get an awful burn. <laughs> yeah. Well, do you suppose he's asleep? It isn't good to sleep in the sun, you know. Uh, Mrs. Gordon, do you think that the painters will be finished by this afternoon? Huh? Oh, well, uh, well, I hope so. My, a person can get an awful burn on a day like this. You know, someone ought to speak to him. Uh, Mrs. Gordon, wouldn't you like to go for a walk? Oh, I'm not one for walking. You go ahead if you like. Well, I... Come on, Dick, pitch it over here. Oh, those kids. You children, stop that. You're getting sand all over me. Oh, sorry, No lady. need to play here. There's a playground over by the pier. Now you just get away from here. Don't pay no attention to her. She don't own the beach. Pitch it over here. Oh, coming at you. Uh-oh. You hit that guy on the pizza. There. Now see what they've done. They've hit that poor man. Now they'll get what's coming to them. Uh, Mrs. Gordon, sure you don't want to go up and get some sandwiches or something? I I'll just stay Not here and... Not until I see those two hoodlums get what they deserve. Shh. Why, gee, I'm sorry, mister. Could we have our ball? Now, look at that. Ball's right in the crook of his arm. He's pretending he's asleep. He's not going to hand it to them, but just wait till they reach for it. <laughs> He'll give them something besides their ball all Well, what are you waiting for, Dickie? It's our ball. Just take it. Oh, hey, mister, uh, could we have... Go on, take it. Here, I'll get it. Thanks, mister. <laughs> I got... What's the matter? Gee, he's cold. What'd you say? He's cold, lady. His arm's like ice. I just touched it. You probably hurt him. A little ball like this couldn't hurt anybody. Well, nevertheless, it did. Here. Now, let's have a look. And then she started moving toward him. I knew it was useless to try and stop her. And then she reached over and put her hand on his back. And suddenly she was screaming. Oh, oh, Before long, there was a crowd of people around us, and someone called the police. I wanted to run, but I knew that would be the wrong thing to do, so I just stayed there, numb-like, watching things. When the police came, they started questioning everybody. Mrs. Gordon was first. Why, why, he'd been, he'd been there all morning. I came early, and he was here already, just like that, you know, with his face down, just like he was... Was there hungry. anyone else around when you arrived? Around? Yes, Jimmy was here. He was here all alone with him. Uh, weren't you, Jimmy? Y yes, yes, I, I was. Yes, you see, he was. Doesn't uh, uh, anyone know this man? Do you know him, J I told you kids to keep away from here now. Did you hear me? We discovered him, didn't we? If it hadn't been for us. Yeah, uh, and you don't even know a clue when you see one. Look at his fingernails. What's uh, that? 
Oh, the child's right opposite. What's that? Now, just look for yourself. Let me see that. Yes. Uh, it looks like powder. Something flaky. Are you, uh, you sure none of you people around here recognize him? Recognize him? Well, I- I've never seen him. Uh, oh! Opposite. Huh? Why, that blanket he's lying on. Why, it's from my motel. See, it's stamped right under where you moved his hand. Oh! Oh, dear. Look for yourself. See? It says Seaside Motor Cabin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. And you're sure he wasn't registered? Well, I'm positive. Is there anyone else around here from your hotel? From your motel? <gasps> Jimmy, look. Jimmy! Jimmy! Here comes Helen. Look, she's crying. Mrs. Gordon, I asked if there was anybody around here from your motel. Huh? What's that? Oh, yeah, yes. Jimmy Barton here. And that girl. You see, she's his sister. They've been with us for several weeks. Jimmy, What have you got to say, Jimmy? And suddenly everyone was looking at me and at Helen as she ran towards us. And like a fool, I started to run too in Helen's direction to ward her off. I didn't get far, however. Someone caught me by the arm. Jimmy! Jimmy, I've been looking all over for you. Don't say anything, Helen. Let me do the talking. Don't say anything. Jimmy, when you forced me out of the car this morning, you said you didn't blame me for having killed him. Helen, be still. Don't. Jimmy, I didn't kill him. I thought you had. I was helping you get rid of him because I thought you'd done it. I'm sorry, kid. Helen. Helen, are, are you telling the truth? I swear it, Jimmy. Phil and I were quarreling. He'd been taking something again. He, he was like crazy. And, this guy, Phil? And I knew there'd be trouble when you came home from work. So I got out the back way and I went looking for you on the pier. When I couldn't find you, I went back to the motel and, and I, I found him on the floor. I thought you... But, Helen... Why didn't you say so? You didn't give me a chance, Jimmy. You just took it for granted that I did well, it. Who, who did kill him, Helen? That's what I'm trying to tell you. Nobody killed him. What are you talking about? I went to the motel a while ago to wait for you. While I was there, I remembered about Phil last night. How strangely he'd acted. And I hadn't been able to walk straight. And how he'd almost fallen several times while we were quarreling. And, and then I saw the gas heater, Jimmy. There was a sharp edge on the top of it with, with blood on it. He must have fallen. He must have. Oh, but, Helen, we've no way of proving but, that. There was something else, Jimmy. Yeah, what? The wall above the heater was scratched, as though someone had clutched at it to save himself from falling. There might be fingerprints. There might be. Oh, no, that's no... Wait a minute. Plaster. Plaster. Hey, Red, that flaky stuff you found under his fingernails, that might have been plaster. And it was. Well, that's about it. Everything checked back at the motel and the autopsy showed he was full of dope. But I guess it was really Mrs. Gordon who saved our necks for us. Besides talking so loud and so long that they'd probably acquitted us just to get rid of us, she did dig up a witness who'd heard Helen and Phil quarreling and who'd seen Helen leave alone after he'd threatened her. Well, everything's all right now. Helen and I are beginning to forget... But it's, uh, it's Mrs. Gordon who's making quite a nuisance of herself on the beach these days as she goes along poking all the sunbathers and asking if they're, they're sure they're all right. If you enjoyed that golden age of radio production, be sure to follow the Riley and Kimmy show. We feature old time radio shows from time to time. We have archived episodes available right now on our website. 
at RileyandKimmy.com. Some of them have old-time radio episodes on them. Please tell your friends about the Riley and Kimmy Show. Help us grow. Our social media links are available on our website at RileyandKimmy.com. That's R-I-L-E-Y and Kimmy, K-I-M-M-Y dot com. If you friend, follow, and like us, we will friend and follow you back. Also, be sure to check out our website, events page, and our social media pages for updates where the Riley and Kimmy show will be appearing next. And we're available for your pop culture event and also those that are animal-based, about pets and animals too. We have a spinoff show called Animal Special. So be sure to tell your friends about us. It's the Riley and Kimmy show, the nerd variety talk show with daily pop culture episodes. The Riley and Kimmy Show. Find archive podcasts of The Riley and Kimmy Show at RileyandKimmy.com.